Made on Ridgeway Sports Podcast, episode number 22. Back at you, another week in sports. Hunter Keister here with K-Mac. Let's go, episode number 22. Got a good one. Starting off with the UFC and 276, our reactions, and we will tell you how our picks went down and, uh, how it fared for us. So, Kurt, what is your, what was your favorite fight from UFC 276? We'll start there. What's your favorite fight? My favorite fight of that night. You know, I really thought that the Lawler and Barbarina fight was pretty good. I thought that one was pretty competitive. I think Lawler was a little hesitant during the fights at times. At times, sometimes, he, him, sometimes he has a bad habit of doing that. I don't know why he... He's hesitant to throw. Maybe yeah, he, he overthinks a little bit. A little bit. Yep. Some fighters, they have they have too many skills and they don't know what what game plan to go with. But that was probably my favorite fight overall. But um, to say the least, I thought the coming event was underwhelming, and I definitely heard that the Asanya fight wasn't that good either, and that went to a decision. Asanya won. So ultimately. Um, Another good fight was Jim Miller versus Cerrone. I thought that one was pretty, pretty good, pretty good too. Um, but I thought the card probably didn't. It definitely underwhelmed my opinion. Yeah, I was gonna say that. There I'm were some. There were better. There were the, the better fights were earlier in the night as opposed to later on in the night, in my opinion. Um, but for most of the pay per view, like the Sean O'Malley fight, wasn't really even that good either. I mean, it ended in no contest, but I mean he he won. But he he didn't win at the same time, so uh, he's ranked number thirteenth. Sean O'Malley is, and overall, did not have a good night at predicting the fights. Ultimately, with only four correct and like seven wrong for me at least. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll say my favorite fight. I mean, I I I'm gonna say Robbie Lawler, but that'd be a little biased. Um. Cause he's my favorite fighter, but I thought he fought pretty well in his two rounds, and it was back and forth with both them having chances. But ultimately, Barbarina had a few nice shots and put Robbie down, and it was a good fight and a good stoppage. And um, you know, Robbie just—he's probably just—I don't know—fight a couple more times for fun and call it a career. Probably that'll be about it. Um, I thought that Pereira—that Pereira knockout was pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. That was really cool to see. And then, uh, you know, Adesanya just kind of handles business on who I thought. I didn't really even know who Jared Cannonier was. So I, did, I knew probably, he probably wasn't much of a threat to Adesanya. But, no. yeah, he really just handled business. Didn't really do nothing too crazy. But did, so, we, did we have to do the win? And, um, I guess the big thing is we're going to set up next with that. I guess they're saying with Alex Pereira finishing Sean Strickland, who's a top five middleweight, um, they're thinking Pereira might be someone to potentially fight Asanya next because they actually previously competed in a kickboxing league quite some time ago. Pereira actually finished him and knocked him out. So that was definitely a long time ago. But, um, yeah, Pereira landed a left hook and put him down and, Really different style too. I remember watching it. He his style is completely different, definitely unique. So he Pereira moved to six to one, 
And uh, Sean Strickland was number four at the time and falls 25-4. Yeah, a little underwhelming, a little underwhelming. Yeah, they had a good lineup. The potential was there. I just, you know, with the top two fights leading to just easy decisions, it kind of just... Yeah, you, I mean, thought, it, you thought you would see more out of Holloway, but you can't even really blame him. Just Volkanovski just looked that much better than he already was. And he's he's insane. But Kurt falls to 4-7 and seven on picks. I wasn't much better at 5-6. and six. So almost 500, but not quite. Um, and we both uh, look to rebound in the next UFC event. But it was a decent card. Had some decent fights. Had some not decent fights. But good night and... Uh, yeah, we'll I move definitely on. seen worse. Yeah. We'll move to the NFL, and Baker Mayfield is free from Cleveland. He gets sent to the NFC South, and he goes to battle Sam Darnold for that top spot in Carolina. Car, how do you think he'll fare in this QB battle with him, Darnold, and I think they drafted somebody too. Yeah, right? Matt Coral. Matt Coral. Uh, later in the rounds. Yep. Um. I mean, honestly, just, I'm going to say how it is. He's for sure better than Sam Darnold, but I'm surprised it took them this long to make this move. I don't know why they waited so long to trade for him. Right, I don't know what was the hold up with that. They should have, as soon as, as soon as Deshaun came to Cleveland, they should have been all over that, in my opinion. It could have been Cleveland just trying to, you know, screw him over. They, the biggest thing was they wanted somebody to probably trade more for him, but then they realized you're not going to get much more than what they got, which was a fifth-round pick, which conditionally can turn into a fourth-round pick depending on how many snaps Baker plays. But if I'm Carolina, I'm not leaf, I'm not even fiddle-faddling with this situation. I'm putting Baker in week one. Uh, I think Baker just started too. You, you don't – there's no need to fiddle-faddle with it. From what we've seen, considering they came out of the same draft class in 2018, Baker being the number one overall pick – Sam Darnold going number three to the Jets. That's crazy. I mean, the numbers look similar, but, I mean, for what I've seen, it's not even close. I mean, Baker, I mean, you could probably say he's he, he's a pretty mediocre with quarterback with potential to be good. He's average. I he's average. average. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's average. average. Yeah. Like, he's probably top 15, top 12. Yeah. Maybe. But Sam Darnold is bottom 20. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely taking Baker. But I, w- I would almost want to see Coral over both of them. I want to see how Coral can do over both of them. Uh, it could get to that, but I don't think so. Right. Because they did trade a lot for Sam Drottle two off-seasons ago, which I just don't understand. But with let's just stay on topic then. Um, Baker going to Carolina, I mean, is that really going to prove their record a whole lot? Maybe by a game or two. They'll still be in third place probably in that division for sure. Right, I'm taking the Bucks and the Saints. With Bucks and Saints, those yep. two teams are far superior. And even Atlanta might be better than Carolina because Maybe that offense they put be all their eggs in that McCaffrey basket. And honestly, I, don't, I think he's kind of fragile. Yeah, I hope he so, plays, but he's fragile for sure. I... Baker's better than Darnold, so I would start him week one, especially with them playing Cleveland. I think that would make things kind of enticing. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he's got DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson was actually throwing shots before they even traded for Baker about potentially getting Baker. So you're already looking at potential locker room issues there. And they, they got a really bad old line. You go from a pretty decent 
pretty good O-line. Pretty good O-line with Cleveland. Cleveland and now good running game. They got they got a really bad O-line in Carolina. So he, had a, failed, he had a solid cast around him. I just think last year he definitely didn't play as good because he was injured. His yeah. shoulder was definitely messed up, torn yeah. labrum. Right. I mean, he decided to play through it. So, I mean, that shows toughness. But right. then that, that looks bad in your resume having that year of – uh, well, you don't really look too good. And now the rest of the league's kind of not really, they're not really invested into you. And that's why it took the, That's why it took everyone so long to trade for him. So I'm going to say, I mean, Cleveland had to trade him. There was no way to keep him. So now that essentially puts them with Jacoby Brissett, depending on how Watson goes. Right. He um, could salvage, I think he could salvage the game or two. If, if Watson goes, if Watson gets six games, which is all. Almost looking likely six to eight games, but I'm thinking at this point. I don't know he if he can manage. I don't know if he can manage to get to still be at four have and him, four, five and three. I don't think he could have him if he if he could have him at five and three, they'd be fine. But anything worse than that would be hard to come back from for Watson. But um, yeah, I mean, for Baker, you get you get a chance to go in with a decent offense and go see what you can prove and uh. The Browns get to watching and they want to change over to somebody who is proven. And uh, we'll see how that works out with his situation. Time will tell. Only time will tell. Well, we're going to talk about NHL. The NHL draft was Thursday night. I'm going to I'm gonna highlight my favorite team just because they did some, they made some questionable moves to say the least. So, I'm going to pretty much just highlight them because they're pretty much were the highlights? I mean, this right guy that's really good went to Seattle at number four. He was supposed to be like the best overall draft player. He went number four. Um, I guess Seattle apparently had a really good draft. I've seen that. But Chicago trades in two separate trades. They trade Alex Dabrinkit, who is their 25-year-old forward superstar of the future, who everybody thought it was going to be the piece of the rebuild. The signing star on the rebuild after Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tage and all them guys go away, pass on, go into the Hall of Fame, all the... Mm. That was the plan, that, or at least I thought. And here you go. And they trade to Brinkett for this year's draft. They get a first, a second, and next year's third. Kurt, how do you... In terms of value, like, I, don't, I want to try to break it down into football terms, but... A first, a I, I see what you're saying. Like, it's terrible. You you already have someone who's probably definitely going to be good. Proven superstar. Proven. You already know what you have versus with draft picks. You never know what it could be good. It could be bad. See, you there's so much uncertainty there. Now I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a second. I'm gonna play the other side. So we know that we're gonna be bad for a couple years, right? He's 25. In the next couple of years, he's coming into his contract years, right? Yeah. Well, what if the Chicago can't pay him? Or what if they don't want to pay him that max contract that he wants? And then he he walks I, in free agency and you get nothing. I mean, I'm trying he, to play the if, other side of the corn, but it's like... If he's going to be that good, you find a way to pay your best player. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's what I, that's if you're I, trying to win... If he's part of the rebuild, why would you get rid of the piece that got things going? Right. He just he would have been a solid player, but but I don't know. That's I hate when crazy. teams do that. Right. It makes no sense. It really made no sense to me. 
I got so much uncertainty because um, with drafts, you never know what you're really getting. Chicago at least warmed my heart with the 13th overall selection, selection and took Nazar, who is 18 years old, and going to the University of Michigan. Let's fucking go. That's a great combo. He can go play at Michigan for a couple years, then go to Chicago. That'll make me very happy. He got taken at 13. We took a defenseman, Korczynski, 7. And then our other pick, we traded for... Are we, oh, we got Peter Mrazek and 25. I think we got... We got Peter Mrazek, and then we got uh, the 25th pick. Well, the 25th pick, apparently we took some high school, some high school player that was probably going to be there in the second round. But they, so they reached on him a little bit, is what they're saying. But he's got good potential, I guess. And then we got Peter Mrazek, who can be a backup for us, hopefully. Um, but the other trade, and this one made a little bit more sense, was Kirby Doc. He was a high, high overall draft pick that we took that just wasn't looking like he was going to pan out for us. He was all right at best. And mm-hmm. so for him, we get the 13th overall pick and 86, which is like a second or a third. So that's not bad. That's not for, bad. That's not bad for a, I'll call him a pretty good player. A 13 and 86 for yeah. pretty good? And then with 13, you take Nazar, the center? Going to Michigan? That's some good value. We'll take it. Good we'll value. Take it. Um, so, am I mad? I, I call it a ramp, but really, I'm, I'm mad about Dabrinka because I wanted him to be the centerpiece. So, that's really what made me mad. Doc, I mean, you, it makes sense. You get value. You draft another center. You try again. See if he comes up in a couple years and he's great, hopefully. Um, but Dabrinka hurts me, man. I, I wanted Dabrinka to be great. I was thinking about getting his jersey. Um, what a slap in the face. And, I mean, you get a first, a second, and a third. I, I just, for a, for a bona fide, like a guaranteed superstar, that just doesn't seem like enough to me for how the NHL draft is. If you're giving up a, a bona fide superstar, I need at least a decent player. And that, I think. I think you need at least a decent player back already and that. A, a decent st- Starter, yeah. quality player, yeah, and then with with some draft capital, yeah, not just draft capital, and like because draft capital, like these guys could be nothing. There's so able, much uncertainty. By, by someone the, could look as guaranteed to be a great player, and then you know a season or two in, and they're not even playing; they're yeah. on the streets. By the time that these guys are twenty, they could all be bust, and we could have gave up a twenty. We could essentially have given up a twenty-five year old, already known superstar. For literally nothing in two or three seasons if those guys don't pan out. What team did he go to? So Alex DeBrinket went to the Ottawa Senators, who is quickly, quickly getting better. They're, they're, they, their rebuild is going very good, and I'm excited for him to play with some of those guys in Ottawa. And then Kirby Doc actually went to the Montreal Canadiens. They both go to Canada teams. Hey, uh, the Blackhawks fan, it breaks my heart to see our rebuild going like this, and I feel like we're taking steps backward. Um, I mean, you got draft capital, and now you just got to pray these guys. Uh, if they, I mean, if, if it works out, I mean, you get three guys for, for, you know, two, whatever. But I don't know, man. It's a risky, risky trade, and now only time will tell. But for the Blackhawks this year, they just got a lot worse, which that sucks. I'm going to have to endure some. Grim. Bad hockey. Bad looking hockey. grim. Yeah, looking grim in Chicago after our 10 years of dominance. 
Yeah, they were running it for a minute. They were running it. 2010 to 2015. They went 2010, 2013, 2015. This is how it goes. Crazy. Your time's there and your time's up. Really? Tampa Bay just did it too. The Tampa Bay did it three years in a row. It's crazy to think about. Oh, they made it. Yeah. That's hard to do. Right. Extremely hard to do. I think that will end my talking on the NHL draft. And we are going to jump into some NBA Summer League top player performances. We're going to look at the top three players in this year's draft, which was the Orlando Magic player name. Uh, Benchero. Paulo Benchero. Paulo Benchero. We're going to start with him as he was the number one overall pick to the Orlando Magic. So I'm going to now pull up his stats. Um, you're telling when they played the Rockets? Yeah, his okay. first game. Yep, he played uh, exceptionally well, scoring 17 points. Um, only had two turnovers, one steal, six assists, four rebounds. And led his team to a dub versus Jabari Smith. Uh, who fell in Houston at three. Jabari had ten. Ten points. One steal, three assists, and seven boards. Jabari didn't play, you know, he didn't play the absolute best. Um, but what's interesting is, do you remember Josh Christopher? He went to Arizona State over Michigan that one year. Well, he's on that team. And, in uh, Houston, yeah. He went for 22 points that night. Josh Christopher did for Houston in a losing effort. He was easily their best player. Um, let's see. You got Jabari Smith. Um, yeah, I mean, 25% from three-point land, 50% from the free throw line. Seven rebounds wasn't too bad. Um, two turnovers. Yeah. I mean, you don't... Five fouls? Is that what, do you have five fouls? That's definitely not good if you had five fouls. Four from ten. I mean... It's not really about playing great now, though. It's about working right. stuff. It's just all just summer league, right. so it's just getting good chemistry with your teammates. But Polo showed he was going to be a dominant. But Jared definitely player. outplayed him for sure. Five for twelve wasn't the best, only shooting forty-one percent. But seventeen points, you really can't argue with that. Um, and he got it done on the defensive end and the offensive end. Four, four defensive rebounds, four rebounds in general, I should say, and six assists. So a good. First game, let's see, Xavier Simpson, he plays oh, in man. 21 minutes. Three points. He's one of six for three points. Five assists, six boards. That's a terrible start for Xavier Simpson as the Michigan Orlando, the, the Michigan Magic over here. Michigan Magic. Caleb Houston goes for 20 points on 7-12 shooting. Wish you would do that for Michigan. Thanks, buddy. Six see boards. Later. Six boards. Not mad at that at all. Only turning the ball over twice. And five for nine on threes. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Look pretty good, Caleb. Wish you would do that for Michigan. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say that again because uh it still hurts. <laughs> wow. I guess that'll bring us to uh your favorite player's debut then. Yeah, uh, we gotta talk about Chet. We got to talk about Chad Holmgren. So he played Tuesday and Wednesday uh, facing the Jazz in his first game in Memphis, Big Bad Memphis, in Game 2. In Game 1, he finished with 23 points, 7 of 9 shooting, 7 boards, 4 assists, and a summer league record, 6 blocks. 
So he had a pretty good debut, showing good length, playmaking playmaking ability. I actually get to watch some of that game when he's at the gym. And uh, just kind of keep an eye on that. Um, played really good first night. Um, and then the second night, didn't play as well. Only finished with 11 points, 12 boards. Um, it kind of showed more of, of his deficiencies in game two. Um, so later today, they actually play each other, the Thunder and the Rockets. So we'll get to see Chet versus Jabari tonight. And uh, kind of really just, it's, it's going to be a, a season-long question all year. And just even talking down the next couple of years, um, you know, if the Thunder got this thing right or if they didn't. But they do have a really good GM that draft that drafts good though, so I, I don't. It's hard to doubt him. Yeah, I also want to go back and talk about so Chet Holmgren puts in 23 his first game, and uh, the terrors of Josh Giddy he puts in 14 points, 11 assists. He's gonna be a great guard. Pokajevski's mm -hmm. a good center with 11 points, four rebounds. Um, Is that the other tall one they have? Yeah. Okay. All these guys, Giddy, I saw they call them the Thin Towers or yeah, something. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then Jalen Smith, I think he was a first-round pick or a high-draft pick as well. Yeah, he was. And he goes for 17 in that game, too. Mm. So the Williams guys, one plays good, one plays bad, but Jalen Williams goes off. And uh, the Thunder looked dominating against the Jazz. Did the Jazz have any? They have Taco Fall. What did he do? Boxed one of four for two points. Only four rebounds. Boxed. Taco boxed. Yeah, he he's. I remember he was a big name coming out because how tall he was and right. just being a project. But comes time to taste players a couple years. But right. In the NBA, it's kind of like you either got it or you don't. Yeah, he's looking like uh he's fading out pretty quickly. We'll jump to game two. Let's see what everybody did. The Thunder win again, 87-71. Let's look. Jalen Williams goes for 16 again. Wow, 5 of 9 with 2 assists, 3 rebounds. That's not bad. Ted Holmgren, 11. Oh, look at that shooting. There it is. Garbage, 27%. Wow. Yikes. I'm trying not to hit on this guy, but 1 of 6 from 3. He did get, he did get 12 boards. He better get 12 boards. He's 7 yeah, points. Yeah, it's a must. Um, he better. 3 assists, 2 blocks. Only 2 blocks. You gotta have a little bit more than that, honestly. But 11 points. Polkajewski puts in 5 on 2 and 6 shooting. Like, none of these guys are shooting very well. 8 is eight rebounds. Josh Giddy with the guard with 10 rebounds. 14 points. So he picked up the this, this slack, it looks like. Um, Jalen Williams obviously had... 16, so they still pick up the, the slack in the young guys playing, you know, average. Dang, I didn't talk about him last game, but he had six points, so he must have. He shot two of nine. He shot pretty bad, too. Jeez, we had a lot of sh bad shooting performances, but they get the That's win. That's how it is in NBA, though. Yeah, they get the win in game number two. And in, did they play a third game? They did. They played the Sixers. They lost by one point. Wow. Oh, that hurts. They lose by one point. Oh, everybody sat. Oh, wait, no, not everybody. Just Chet. So they won every game that Chet played. I guess uh, one of my friends was telling me. 
they won every game that Chad has played in the Summer League. Um, so, in the one-point loss, who stepped up in Chad Holmgren's absence? Trey Mann ended up getting some minutes. He goes for 13 points. I liked him a lot, but he only, he shoots 5 of 14. Josh Giddy, 3 of 11. A lot of these guys still not shooting the best, but Pokajewski leads the team in scoring. We must not have gotten too many rebounds with our highest rebounder only having seven. Um, I mean, seems like both teams kind of played pretty bad uh, offensively. Oh, three of 13, five of 10, six of 12. They sound a little bit better than us, but all in all, it was just kind of an average game for both teams with mm-hmm. uh, Ted Holmgren sitting. And so the Thunder lose, but now that will set up the matchup tonight. Jabari Smith versus Ted Holmgren. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with those Eight two. o'clock. Eight o'clock. Definitely going to probably turn that on and uh, watch that matchup. But that will do it, I think. Um, interesting to see how that matchup goes. We'll definitely talk about that in next week. But we have, uh, we're have we going to do a little something for this show for next week. We are going on a little trip in next yes. week. Maybe something like that. We'll do something like that in the podcast, but we're going on a trip, so uh, we'll see you next week. I guess the location is a mystery. Yeah, we're going to keep the location a mystery, and uh, we're going to plan something for you guys and the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Get ready for next week. Big things coming. The football season is eight weeks away. On the horizon. Eight weeks away today. We got big things coming. I got big things coming. Kurt's got big things coming. We're ready. We're getting to the offseason. Hope you guys enjoyed episode 22 and uh, made on Ridgeway Sports Podcast. Like, share, and follow. Like, share, comment. Comment some ideas. We're, we need some help, guys. I'm feedback. serious. We need help. We need feedback. Let us know you, what you like, what you don't. Thank you for downloading and watching wherever you're watching from and made on Ridgeway Sports Podcast. Peace. Adios.